Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 142 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Romans 6 today, and our focus is on why must I die with Jesus? I thought he died for me. We're also going to be talking a little bit about baptism by dunking or immersion. So welcome aboard. We usually go 10, 12, 13 minutes a day and we break down one Bible chapter a day. Five days a week we're in the New Testament, two days a week we're in the Old Testament. Today we're in Romans and our goal is to invite you in with us to get us into the habit of daily Bible reading. So allow me to encourage you to share the show with your friends for the same purpose, to get them involved in daily Bible reading. So allow me to wade into a very controversial topic and just say a very few words about it before running for cover. So we're not going deep today, uh, no pun intended, but over the centuries, the mode of baptism has been a very, very hot topic among Christians. When I say mode of baptism, I'm talking about sprinkling or dunking, that sort of thing. Now, there have been disputes over this issue, church splits, friendship splits, denominational splits, and literally even deaths whereby those who called themselves Christians literally killed other Christians largely because of a dispute over the mode of baptism, sprinkling or dunking, infant baptism, or believer's baptism. So if you don't believe me on that, we've talked about it on this year's podcast or last year's podcast at BibleReadingPodcast.com, or you can just look up Anabaptist Martyrs for more on that. That's Anabaptist, A-N-A-B-A-P-T-I-S-T, and you'll find out quite a few Anabaptists were killed for their beliefs on baptism. Now, I myself am a Baptist preacher. I believe passionately in believers' baptism by immersion. So let me say that first of all. That said, I'd be happy to be in the same church with Presbyterians like Tim Keller, Frank Barker, my former pastor, Kevin DeYoung, and others who hold tightly to the Word of God. The fact is that and I almost hesitate to say this as a Baptist, but the fact is people can make a biblical case for infant baptism. I don't agree with it. People can make a biblical case for baptism by sprinkling rather than immersion, which I don't agree with either, but a biblical case can be made for both of those things, especially in regards to uh, the mode of baptism, because here's the thing. We honestly don't see clear and unquestionable commands in the New Testament on exactly how to baptize people. The word itself seems to have, uh, like the word baptizo, the Greek word, seems to mean immersion or dipping, like built into the word. So there's that. And there's scripture like Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Now, that is not a passage that talks about the mode of baptism, but it does indeed seem like baptism symbolizing our death with Christ makes a good bit more sense if we are like literally laid down into the water then picked back up than it does by some sort of sprinkling. That said, and I do realize this is a pretty radical statement coming from a committed Baptist, I think if the exact mode of baptism was 
supremely important, then the Word of God would be abundantly clear on exactly how people should be baptized. Now note, I'm not here saying that mode of baptism is unimportant. I am saying, though, based on what I see clearly in Scripture, that the mode of baptism is not of supreme importance based on the way the Bible talks about the mode or actually doesn't talk about the mode of baptism. Well, on to what I think is a deeper discussion. In today's passage, we will see death mentioned a lot for such a short passage. In English, at least, the word die appears six times, and the word death appears eight times, and the word dead appears four times. And most of that is just in the first half of the passage, which, so that basically makes this a passage really, really, really dense with discussion of death. But paradoxically, it shows us that the doorway to true and eternal life is through death with Jesus. So it's talking about death, but the way of death with Jesus brings us to eternal and real life. So think about it this way. Let's read verses 4 through 11 of Romans 6. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, hey, what's with all that death talk? Why must we die with Christ if he's already died for us? Consider verse 6, what we just read. The death being discussed here is not exactly metaphorical, but Paul is not talking about physical death either. He's talking about a very real and spiritual death of our old self, our old flesh, as the Bible talks about, our old sin nature. Upon conversion to Jesus, we reckon that old self is dead. The desires of that old self may kick and thrash about and resist death, but when we are saved by Jesus and begin to follow him, the death sentence is passed on the old man, the man prior to Jesus, the person prior to Jesus that we were, and he must go away because we're giving a new heart. Let's hear some wisdom from that on Charles Spurgeon, and then we'll read our passage. Spurgeon says, You remember, brothers and sisters in Christ, that hallowed hour when you went down into the liquid tomb for baptism, when, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you were immersed upon profession of your faith in Christ Jesus. By that solemn act, you set forth your death to sin, and when you were raised again out of the water, you thereby made a profession of your faith in Christ's resurrection. And moreover, you did there, and then, seeing that you had received the grace of God in truth, professed to rise into newness of life. How could you then go back into a life of sin? That would be to make your baptism a lie. Indeed, you are all of you unbaptized unless you have been baptized into Christ's death. God has driven the nails then through the active powers of our sin, 
Both hands and feet are fastened to the cross of Christ, and through the heart and the head may, and though the heart and the head may sometimes wander, yet our old man is crucified with Christ that the body of sin may be destroyed, and we are looking forward to that happy day when the old man shall be dead altogether, and we shall be made to enter into the inheritance of the saints in light. We believe that our old man will never die until we die, but we thank God that the death of our body will also be the death of the body of sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. He can no longer live in it, for he is dead. And if we are really dead in Christ, we can no longer live in sin as we used to do. So friends, lots of talk about death, but it's not death in the bad sense. It's death of our old ways, our old sins, our old habits, the old person that we were, the old man or woman that we used to be. And I know dead sounds strong, but the way to true and eternal life and abundant life is that we die with Christ so that we will be resurrected with him, given a new body one day, but now being given a new spirit. Let's read our passage. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by the sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires and do not offer any part of it as to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Don't you know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But thank God that, although you used to be slaves of sin, You obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were handed over, and having been set free from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. I'm using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you offered the parts of yourselves as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free with regard to righteousness. So what fruit was produced then from the things you are now ashamed of? The outcome of those things is death. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit, which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So, 
A lot of death there, but the death in Jesus leads to the wonderful life in Jesus. Let's close with the Great Commission, our Bible memory verse for the month of May. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Friends, may the Lord bless you with a good weekend, good day to you, and Godspeed.